the discovery of psychedelics is the discovery that all of this cultural machinery is just Wizard of Oz stuff. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. That's it. How did it feel to you? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. The prophecy. Welcome to the Astral Mind Podcast. Today I have a very special guest and she's been helping me out with a ton of things when it comes to Reiki. She is a Reiki master. She is well acquainted with communicating with different entities and she's just an all-around amazing person. Hello, Alia. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the gang. Um... Uh, uh, our the Astro Mind podcast is it's a very fresh podcast, but thank you guys for showing up. I appreciate it. Um, so first things first, I just wanted to say welcome. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Honor uh, to be here. And so just really quick, because I'm I'm really interested in uh, Reiki, and I know a lot of the subscribers are. So for the people that are watching now, and the people that are going to be watching in the uh, post of this live stream you guys can go ahead and ask questions and i will get to those and if you're live uh, alia will get to those as well um but you have an awesome reiki story of healing and enlightenment uh if you wanted to could you go ahead and share some of that well okay so i was introduced to reiki a few about two three years ago now um i was really sick at the time i had a spinal injury it was undiagnosed and so it was a lot of pain. I couldn't walk very well. couldn't breathe very well. couldn't move one of my arms. And every doctor I went to, there was just nothing that could be done. So my first time at a Reiki healer, my cousin was just like, hey, I think you would like to meet this person. Let's see how this goes. The moment I got on her table, I just knew I needed to learn. I knew. And she knew she needed to teach me. So uh, it was really beautiful. And I had this intense pain in my back and it disappeared in 10 minutes into the session. And at that point I was like, all right, I don't know what this is, but I'm ready to learn. Mm -hmm. And um, it just kind of opened up the doors to find the right doctors, find the right chiropractors and get myself put back together. And Reiki became something that was just naturally a part of me. And I feel like it's naturally part of a lot of people. Reiki is uh, it's a healing energy frequency that anyone can channel in and it, it turns on your body's natural healing abilities to allow wonderful healing to occur and rejuvenation and growing awesome. so that's kind of my intro for reiki mm, definitely i've noticed with practicing reiki um that obviously it is really big on energy and it is that like universal energy that you can tap into that reiki frequency i've heard you call it before um, and that just opens me up to a whole lot of different concepts when it comes to 
how people experience energy. And I know personally, I started from a Christian background and I learned basically how to tap into that Reiki frequency, that energy that pervades everything uh, through worship and listening to music. So have you found that it's easier to tap into like a universal energy through different practices like listening to music or when you're meditating, things like that? Um, well, the cool thing about Reiki is once you go through the attunement processes, it basically um, it forms a switch. So you can turn on this energy flow like a switch on and off. So, yeah, music does help. It helps me when I get into my Reiki thing. I like having meditation music on because mm-hmm. that calms me down and gets me into the place. But for someone else, it could be anything. It, they might need complete and total silence. It's really about making you feel connected and comfortable and music carries really powerful vibrations with it. And so that's why meditation music and things that are designed to help the frequency flow throughout the body and the energy flows throughout the body, um, music is able to enhance that. So I do recommend listening to music if you haven't tried it yet, but it's also about um, finding what works for you. But Reiki is basically just this really um, tangible gateway into the energy flow because we can access it in so many different ways. You don't need a Reiki master to tune you to it, but it does help because it gives you that immediate bridge versus figuring out it for yourself. Right. That makes sense. And so uh, what was your Reiki attunement experience like? I know you've been attuned to, I I believe it's called master level. Yeah. Um, So I actually had a pretty unique experience. The kind of common thing is you uh, find a healer, you find someone, um, you pay a lot of money, and you get attuned. And I kind of got brought in by this healer. Um, I was really sick. I was supporting myself through college, so I didn't have a lot of money to spare, but I really wanted to learn. So whenever I had free time, I would be with this healer. And I would just kind of be standing next to her in her sessions, and I would be doing what I intuitively felt drawn to do. Um, and I got the basic understanding of how energy healing works through that experience. And then it took a good year and a half. It actually took for the COVID shutdown. When the COVID shutdown happened, I just happened to be sleeping on her couch visiting. And then the shutdown happened, and I got a call saying, like, hey, there might be an outbreak in our like our home so you can't be here for like a week or two and she was like i have a couple days off you know let's get this going let's get your official attunements in right so i yeah (laughs) so um, (laughs) it was really like a universally like the universe designed it it really felt that way to me but um i was like half attuned to choku ray which is the first symbol of reiki Mm. um in like an informal ceremony with her so i already felt really connected to it so when we sat down to do my first attunement, um, I did Reiki one and I just like, I could feel my energy was so bored with it. It was like, I know this, like, come on, give me something else. And so she was like, you know, I actually think you're ready for Reiki two. And so I got Reiki two right then and there. And, uh, yeah. And about 10 days later, I got attuned to the next set. Um, I do feel I'm realizing now that my, what I teach when I teach Reiki, I use the 14 symbols plus two symbols that I know. And then, so it's 16 symbols in total. The original Reiki is four symbols, which are wonderful, super powerful symbols. But I think um, my attunement was kind of like getting hit by a train. So 
especially when I got Reiki 2, because it was getting all the symbols at once. And so it was very intense, but it was a good intent because I had to learn how to juggle it. Interesting. Uh, that was always what was interesting to me about Reiki, especially uh, about uh, runic magic and sigils and things like that. I have a little bit of experience with sigils and charging them. Uh, mm -hmm. but when it comes to the Reiki symbols, like you, you're teaching me, so I have a better understanding of the Reiki symbols like Choku Rei and things like that. Um, but when it comes to runes, do they work in the same way? How did you really, how did you get into runes? Cause I've never met someone who's into runic magic or who knew about the power of runes yeah. and symbols. Um, honestly, I, it came so naturally. I don't even remember how it, I don't remember how it started. A lot of these things that you, you find yourself in the middle of it, you're like, oh, this is cool. I'm kind of, I, I offer this as a service now. I should probably understand my origin story. I don't know where runes came from. Yeah. Um, I feel like it came from a past life probably. Um, but when I felt called, I started, I bought a book. I made my own out of the stone set. And I just started feeling their vibrations and getting to know them. And it was before I became a Reiki master, but the day after my attunement to Reiki 2, I was sitting there and I was looking at the runes and I just got this download that they could be plugged in just like the Reiki symbols can. Like uh, my favorite is uh, Algies, pretty sure. I'm dyslexic and I tend to mix up, up the names, but I'm pretty sure it's Algies. It looks like a Y with a, with a line in the middle. Oh, right. And that's the rune of protection. Mm. And um, if you draw it into a, someone's system, you know, with the stick going down the V here, mm. it adds it acts as like an energetic protection. So when I started messing around with that and started playing with that and building that into people's systems during sessions, I started noticing that their protection, their auric field started feeling so much stronger and so much more stable. And so I started, started dabbling with runes in Reiki sessions at that point. And not everybody's energy calls for it. Some people have like a Viking past life history and those people really vibe with the, the runic energy other people have past lives in ancient Egypt. They're going to want the hieroglyphics. Um, so it kind of, it's about figuring out which person's energy calls for which rune. Um, I find them to be really useful. There's something I vibe with. Um, but I feel like symbols, sigils, anything, it's about what you feel called to and what the person feels called to. And it's not about being an expert on all the symbols. It's just about knowing that they exist and they're there to help. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. I can, I can definitely vibe with that. Uh, when it comes to just going with the flow and seeing what kind of works for you, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, do you do a lot of work with past life regression? I feel like this is something I've wanted to ask you for a long time is how, did, how you got started in that and, and uh, what's some of the experiences that you've had, not just with the yeah. people that you've had sessions with, but like your own past lives and things like that. Yeah. Um, and Half you can you can go into tangents too. Don't worry about. It. Yeah, no, I actually I got a story <laughs> for you. We're um, here for it. Don't worry. Past lives have been a thing in my spiritual awakening since the beginning, and then I realized uh, I met like a little gaggle of other spiritual people, and none of them knew anything about past lives, and I was shocked. I thought it was just a part of your journey, which mm -hmm. goes to show everyone's different. Um, but when I was a kid, I was growing up, and um, I I had spiritual experiences as a kid like I wouldn't say I was like like I saw dead people everywhere but I had like my experiences and one of them was that like daily every day for like several years I felt someone breathing on my ear 
like, you know, that really, really subtle. And I didn't feel positive and I didn't feel negative. And there's times where I loved his presence. There's times like, I don't understand you, therefore I'm afraid of you. Um, and when I, and I felt it every day and I didn't know what it was. When I was a teenager and I got all angsty, I really shut down that side of me. And so I didn't feel it anymore. And then when I started getting to astral projection and meditating, I felt it again. And I thought, oh, okay, interesting. So I was actually, I was gifted this celestite rock. I have it right here, actually. It's this one, um, my angel communicator stone. Yeah. And I was just sitting and I was meditating and I was holding this rock and I was looking at it. And I was like, what was that? What was that breathing? Uh, I just want clarity on what that might have been. And um, I immediately, I feel my energy kind of split and I see myself in a new area and um, I'm not a really, I'm aware of my body and I'm aware of my surroundings, but it becomes like a distant, distant feeling. And I'm kind of standing in like, like that Harry Potter scene when Harry's talking to Dumbledore in the Grand Central Station. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like this big empty room mm-hmm. and there's concrete and I'm walking barefoot on the concrete and it's like two inches of water. So I'm walking on water on concrete. Interesting. Um, and this guy walks up to me and he's blonde and he's kind of got like, he's in like a roby thing. Um, but he's blonde. He looks, he's shifting. He, his face is the same, but he's got a robe on and then he shifts into like these tattered clothes. And he's like, um, are you ready to go on this journey? And I was like, yeah, let's go. We'll see what this is. <laughs> um, and so he basically like takes me by the hand and he, um, like, it was, I'll never forget it. Cause in one instant I could feel myself sitting on my floor in the carpet. I could also feel myself walking on this concrete, talking to him. And I could feel myself standing on grass, reliving this life. And so wow. I was able to, and I got full sensory download, like the smell and the taste for three different places at once. Um, I haven't had many experiences like that, but it was, that it was a lot. And when that happens, you really roll with it. And yeah. so I, um, he was talking and it was kind of like this narration playing as I was really focusing on standing on this farm and I had this little beautiful daughter and this husband and there was this attack and basically like the whole village died and I was like mm. taken upon the ship and I was only kept alive as like a sex slave kind of thing and this uh, guy was there and he's in tattered clothes and he's like one of their prisoners and um, we just started talking and it showed like a friendship and a kinship forming and like he was adopted, not a, like he was brought in to be like low level maintenance on the crew, like to like mop their floors or something. Mm-hmm. And he had this goal to like get me and him out of there and survive. And it didn't happen. There was like a storm one day and I, I was like with the captain and basically he like, I, I don't know, it, it, I saw my death and it was like he had like a knife in his hand but he was just drunk and he fell in the wrong way and i died and that blonde spirit guide was like i didn't get to save you or protect you then so i wanted to protect you now in this life so i've just been standing with you making sure your back's <laughs> guarded that right. you didn't have to worry about anything spiritual or energetic that you just had someone looking out for you um and then when you weren't feeling that in a teenage year you know i just kind of took a step back so you don't feel me but i was just kind of hovering around you and I was just like, oh, well, that's an elaborate story. And I yeah. felt it and it felt like 
this warmth in my chest and I started to like flicker back down and I saw myself sinking into my body again. Um, then it just kind of came to, and I was just like, in that moment, you can think that was an elaborate daydream. I can dismiss that, or I can, you know, listen mm-hmm. to the signs, how peaceful I feel, how meditative I feel, um, just that it feels like truth to me and, you know, learn whatever lesson there is from that. And so that's kind of how I treated it. Cause that was the very first experience I had seeing a past life and it was a weirdly dramatic one. Um, so that was one of my first big visions. That was my first big, uh, astral projection, split mind projections. Hmm. It was multiple split. Um, so that was like the first experience that really kicked it off. And after that, I was like, all right, let's see how, if I can have it, something else like that again. Yeah. And what did you do to facilitate that again? Was that something you actively sought out? Cause I've noticed that with me, especially that these spontaneous things will happen or, you know, I'll see an angel like that experience I told you, or, uh, like astral project, like the first time I projected, I was trying to do something, but it happened to me as opposed to me making it happen in a way. Yeah. And I've spoken to some other people and there's some people in the chat who have said that you kind of just open yourself up to the experience and mm-hmm. you, it's almost like the techniques for, um, what's it called? Uh, it's the snake energy that moves up the spine. I, I always forget the name of it. Like Kundalini? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, some of the techniques for Kundalini that I've learned uh, rely heavily on there. There are some techniques where you push energy up the spine to the crown chakra and there are others where you just open yourself up to energy and you just allow that energy to flow. And eventually you'll have these mystical transcendental experiences. But uh, what did you do in particular to facilitate some of these things? Because I know you had a ton of crazy experience, lots (laughs) Lots of crazy experiences in comparison to mine where you, you tell me and I'm just like, what's happening here? You should put this stuff in a book. You should definitely put these things in a book as well. <laughs> just letting you know. One day. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's a couple of different things. It depends on like what's motivating you. Um, in the early days, I was really just so confused about my abilities that were opening up and I just want to understand. And I wanted to understand my, my soul history. And so... I had this burning curiosity that was fueling me and I had my spirit guides who wanted to answer. And so my practice wasn't, it wasn't Kundalini based at all. Um, I definitely think it's more of the open energy. I have this practice of, I will build like a little crystal circle around me and I'll sit in it. And it's about being aware of your energy and allowing your center and your consciousness to be still within that. And it's about having your focus, because your energy is constantly moving, so it's not about stealing your energy. It's about that consciousness, that focus of your mind that generates thought. It's about stealing that and sitting in that center of my core, basically, and just allowing. And sometimes when I reach that core, that center, that quiet, um, I'll ask a question, like yelling it into the void. Um, And sometimes I'll get an answer back. Sometimes I'll get silence. Sometimes I'll have a spirit guide approach me and then we'll go on some cool ass journey. Um, You know, but I feel like most of my journeys have to do with finding that, that stillness and allowing that. Because it is about allowing. You don't, if you can't force any of these things to happen and that can be really frustrating because you have it, you have an incredible experience 
and you want to have it again. So mm-hmm. you're going to sit there, yeah. and instead of just get, allowing yourself to be still, you're kind of trying to push the gears to get into a place of bringing something in. And when you do that, it um, it allows a lot of interference to come forward. It allows an entity that really doesn't have your highest good in mind to take you on around and round and round about and you hear just nonsense or you hear things that are just not in your highest good to know or, you know, aren't truthful. Um, and so, or you hear nothing and you get really frustrated and you think mm-hmm. that they're ignoring you, but there's a lesson in everything. Um, so yeah, it's about that stillness of that openness to allowing and the not prompting. What Which, techniques? You know, when... No, go ahead. No, go for it. Uh, what techniques do you normally use? I feel like we're in like another <laughs> training session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what techniques do you predominantly use to clear your mind? Because it is incredibly difficult for me, especially. And this is why I haven't yeah. made a video on it yet on how to clear the mind. There are several techniques that I practice frequently, uh, like color breathing and different things like that and focusing mm-hmm. on the body and relaxing. So I, I've practiced a myriad of different techniques, Yeah. but I found that it's like a combination of all of them usually mm-hmm. works to, cause when you focus and you narrow your mind and you quiet your thoughts, you're putting yourself into a trance and like the people that come onto my channel and that I speak to love the practice of getting into trance. I think because they understand that trance is important. It's crucial to having some of these transcendental experiences. Mm -hmm. So what do you do in particular to get into trance, to clear your mind? You must give me the secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, okay. It does depend on the day. Um, Some techniques work some days. They don't work others. So you kind of have to think, um, Go with the it's phone. not about finding. Yeah, it's not about mm-hmm. finding that one trick that's gonna do solve everything. It's about knowing that you know how to do it. You know, even if you've never done it before, your spirit has done it in some other life. You have done it at some point in time, and it's trusting your energy to know that it knows what to do. So you don't have to think super, super difficult and super hard about all the technicalities. It's just trusting your energy. That being said, we pick up. I'm an empath, so I pick up a lot of. Um, external energy just being out and about in the world and uh, so you have to like peel those off of you because those are going to influence it so um, it's just when you get into that moment you have to really make a full ceremony about it sort of I mean I say that and I don't always do it but um, (laughs) you you know stage yourself down you tear off everybody's energy you start getting into your you build your crystal ring that's what I do I find it helps so much when I do that um and for me a lot of it is i have to let the thoughts happen like it's not about shutting them down it's about um like when you're floating in your energy mind thing and you're floating in that space it feels like the thoughts are coming at you like a train and it's things that you need to think about it's things that like like things that i haven't gotten done yet things that i'm procrastinating about so it's like a thought comes and you're like okay i need to get pay attention to that later and letting it go and then another thought comes, you're like, okay, I'm going to send it to the ocean and letting it go. And another thought comes, you're like, oh, well, that's not grounded thinking. I know that. And letting that go down to the ground. Okay. Um, so it's it's not about stopping the thoughts. You, your brain's going to got to get this out. So it's just letting them out. So, you know, it can take a while. You sit there and you just let your thoughts go by. And the thing is, is you might get stuck in one of them. You might go on like a little tangent where you're like, you start, you know, trying to unwind it and think into it. Um, and you just kind of, you wear like, oh. 
we're not thinking about this right now and you let it go that practice of letting it go gets much much easier the more you do it um and eventually the thoughts are going to stop coming and you're just going to be able to sit in silence you've already sorted through everything your brain's um going on and if it's still going then that's external if you have just you either have never done it before and you have like 10 years of thoughts to get out of your head or you um you're just dealing with someone else's energy and you got to get that out so you know it's just giving yourself permission to not think giving yourself permission to understand you're going to still have these thoughts to let them go um and just kind of sitting into it uh that's what i do um when I want to do like a personal session, mm-hmm. if I need it to be quick and I'm doing it with another person, um, I do that little treasure box thing that I was telling you about earlier, but I'll go over it again. Um, Cause you don't have time when you're sitting with a person, like they're waiting for you, you yeah. know? Yeah, so yeah. you got to get yourself you to, like, together. Got to get going. Yeah. yeah. And that's for me, that's the best fuel when I want to help someone else. When someone, and when I know someone needs my help, um, or I really want to help, but you know, I'm being called to do something like I don't like letting people down. So knowing that someone else is waiting for me, so I don't give myself time to sort through my thoughts and get into that meditative state. What I do is before that part, before the session, before anything, like a couple minutes before I imagine, I visualize that I have a box, I open the box and I just put all of my thoughts and fears into it. Like I'm plucking them out of my brain, putting them in this box like anxiety, fear, fear of rent, fear of this, fear of that. You put them in the box, close the lid, bury it in the ground, like symbolically visualizing take like two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you sweep the dirt over the box. It's in the ground. Therefore, it's there. It's not here. It's not going to bother me. It's not going to influence this session. I'm ready to go. And when I'm like, okay, it's time to split mind project to this person to do this healing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's easier. It's just, I know they need me to be there. I know that I have the tools to do it and I just allow myself to do it. I see. Uh, I know that we've done distant sessions before, uh, and mm-hmm. we've also done like an astral projection sort of meetup. I know a lot of people are always super curious. They say, Hey, can you meet me in the astral or <laughs> can yeah. you, uh, can you pull me out of body? I'm just like, I don't know if I could do that. And then I had to pull you out of your body. So, and, and, that, and that's know. the thing it's possible and you've done it. Uh, but you've done it through the use of these different Reiki symbols and things like that. So it, it makes me think that the different symbol yeah. will help you in, in a way. Could you explain a little bit more of that? Because I, I thought the experience was really cool. It was something yeah. different for me. Um, well, I use a mixture of what I used to call my natural ability. And I think it's just kind of like a shamanic ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use Reiki. Um, Reiki has a symbol in Reiki 2 that you were that you were just attuned to, actually. Uh, Honshazi Shonen. And that the is the bridge yeah. builder. <laughs> yeah. Honshazi Shonen is a bridge builder. And basically, it connects through time. It connects through distance. It connects through all spaces. Um, and so when you use that, it really helps you to connect to that person. Um, like, I, got, I get, like, their general location. Or unless I know them pretty well i don't get that um and i just intend to build this bridge with honshazi shonen and now that this bridge is built all i have to do is cross it or you have to cross it and so that's the reiki thing i don't do you want me to go into how i like got you out of your body i i don't know how you did it so please yes (laughs) so that i can elegant (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't like some like 
a lot of this when you're in the astral it's not like i'm some zen goddess in the astral i'm no. really like like a person up hmm. there figuring it out yeah um that makes sense so I all like I told you about the tethering trick and the wand that I use for distant sessions. Mm -hmm. um, I was sitting there and I really just felt like my energy like incapable of leaving my room. It was just like banging on the walls. It was like okay, I gotta get over to Cal. He's literally sitting there. He's meditating. I gotta get this done. Like let's let's go. And I could not I could not locate your energy. I, it took mm -hmm. me so long. Usually, it's almost like a radar beacon and like you just know when you found their energy in the astral and you just feel that kind of thing so i had honchon zishon and built i had it all built but i just couldn't get there and mm. so i grabbed i tethered your energy to my wand that i use for distant healing it's a the chakra wand uh for those of you who don't know it's like an obsidian thing it's got the chakras on it and when you put someone's energy on it it helps you kind of have like a physical part of them kind of like a voodoo doll but not like voodoo doll you're into voodoo um, stuff too no <laughs> no 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 i just i know everyone knows what a voodoo doll is right yeah, yeah, yeah. like um and so i grabbed that and all of a sudden i like could see you sitting in a room and i was like ah, ah figured it out okay i feel uh -huh. his energy i see it i just have to get myself there and it was that trust that knowing like okay i don't understand how to do it right now but i know i can do it and so with that suddenly i was like standing next to you I'm looking around. I'm not seeing any detail. Like I couldn't see anything. I couldn't tell you anything about your room. Also, hmm. I don't care. Like I don't. I'm not trying to. I. That's that's good. That would... If I tried to, I could. It'd be an like, invasion not... of privacy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just not on my radar. I just remember. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm really. I'm about like people deserve privacy, so I don't ever try hmm. to see or or read people's minds that I I don't have permission to because privacy. But I remember you like sitting in your body and I was just like yeah he's not ready yet he's not ready yet and so I was just kind of like looking around I was like oh there's a lot of Native Americans around here like you just sense you had a lot oh, of like, yeah 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 and it was there was a lot of like it was um I try to heal them a little bit and then I like looked back at you and I was like all right I think he's ready I just could feel like your energy was like leveling up and mm -hmm. so I was literally I was, it was not elegant I was just standing in front of you Ashley and I was like Come on, let's go, <laughs> let's go, it's time. Uh, and you were just, um, I think I like grabbed your shoulders mm. and I like grabbed the energy in your shoulders and I was like, it's time to go. And um, then you're out. And then we automatically went to the bridge from Honshozi Shonen. Mm. And that's when, that's when this experience started. And I like could hear your voice like you were talking exactly how you talk in my head and i was like oh this is a new feature this is fun um cool and yeah and that's when that that's how that happened interesting as i haven't had an experience of connecting with someone in the astral one because i don't meet very many people who mm -hmm. can access that sort of realm usually which is unfortunate yeah. because it's like oh you know we could practice we could test things out uh but I've, I've gotten into different groups i yeah the, the, i've had some experiences uh, in the astral where i've projected and uh you know i've been out having fun moving through the neighborhood just you know sometimes i astral project just because i'm tired of being in my body and i'm ready to go <laughs> so that's cool i'm just like i just need because like physical bodies feel heavy when you've projected like the the physical body is just like 
it's almost like you're wearing a suit of armor. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's just like when you're when I project. Sometimes I sigh. I'm just like, oh, thank goodness, like I finally I can, I, like I can breathe a little bit. So there yeah. was one time in particular I was like flying through the neighborhood, and uh, I noticed that it was daytime, and then I saw this darkness kind of just fill up. I think it was coming from the forest uh, around my house, and uh, this this darkness started to. It was almost like a thick curtain was just starting to envelop everything in front of me. And, uh, you know, I thought to myself, what the hell is that? Like, I don't, you know, what's going on there? And, uh, like, I immediately am like, all right, I, I need to get out of here because it wasn't just the darkness I was seeing. It was just this presence of darkness that was kind of like, I could feel the energy, just like unstable sort of energy coming toward yeah. me. Uh, and like, I've made it a practice to, to know how to get back to my body very quickly. So it's like, I just got back to my body. I was like, all right, that wasn't, I don't know why that happened. But for whatever reason, it happened. Uh, so there are, there are some dangers in the astral, I've noticed. Some of those things can just be, like you said earlier, uh, you would be encountering your spirit guides or your guardian angels and things like that. And because you didn't know what they were, they'd be frightening. So not everything, mm-hmm. I think, in the astral is something frightening. I think it's just some of these things that happen that are mystical are so far beyond our grid on this earth that it's just like what the hell is happening you know like i saw the fourth dimension and it was like what i call the fourth dimension i don't i honestly don't know what it was i just saw snippets of like different moments in my life happening simultaneously and like i i could look into them and i could like follow the conversation in these different shards of reality in front of me i wish i had a picture i should draw a picture so that i can reference it whenever people or when they ask and i'm talking about it this is like these crazy experiences that are just wild like that um well humans we like to think things are cute we like things that look pretty so Mm -hmm. the first time i saw like the third eye in the way that i see them like this ugly eyeball on someone's forehead i was like that's that's crazy i was so creeped out you saw yeah i thought you saw it in the natural with your like eyeballs um no, I, I guess it's... It, it's it's so strange because um i sometimes the the physical way i see see things bridges with it's like my third eye acts like i have this really vivid tv screen in my mind mm. and so when i see something in front of me it's like filtering in what's there and then it's adding on this extra layer which is like what i call the third eye layer so when I was looking at my the, the person who I was seeing the third eye on, and it, it was so vivid that I really thought if I closed my eyes and reached out my hand, because when I closed my eyes, you could see exactly how it was with my eyes open. It just had the third eye a little bit more vivid, but it was so vividly there that I thought really if I reached out, I could touch it. And so, Interesting. yeah, it, it's third eyes work very strange. You see things in very different ways. Hmm. I've noticed that, like, during meditation, uh, when I get to that place where I can silence my thoughts or get to a place where my thoughts aren't trying to, like, run me over, like I'm standing on the railroad track and they're trying to, like, bombard me, uh, I get to this place where images start to flash in front of me. And they'll often be symbolic images. I think there was one time I was meditating and maybe, like, 20 minutes in simply because I just, when I meditate, I'm meditating to astral project sometimes. And so mm-hmm. I know that the key to doing that is relaxing my body so that I can leave it and not 
focus so much on it. When the body is relaxed enough, it goes to sleep or, you know, it, sleep paralysis, it just puts you to sleep. So you're not as focused on it. Um, yeah. and so I'll start to see these images and I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about them before. Some people call them hypnagogic imagery and things like that. Uh, I've seen people in certain places. I've seen, um, events that I would call like future events, just like flashes of things that were going to happen. And then, you know, I speak to someone days later and I see the event like deja vu. I'd be like, Oh, I saw this already, you know, different things like that. Uh, when I was younger, I was like, I had no idea what's going on here. Um, I would just see like these crazy images, like, Oh, a random street. And I'm driving down the street. I was like, why am I seeing this? Uh, or I'd just be somewhere else. I would notice I would just flash to a different place. Um, so I, I always thought that was really interesting with like how I see things in the third eye. I like that you described it as like, like the third eye layer, because mm-hmm. oftentimes it feels like there's like, I don't know, it's just like a screen over my actual eyes and I'm seeing this thing uh, in my mind's yeah. eye, but it's superimposed, you know, something well, like there's, that. There's, I have my, like my physical experiences where it's mm-hmm. literally like physically with my eyes, I I've, I've seen some crazy things oh. and like that is yeah well like i've seen they're they're farther and fewer in between those mm-hmm. are definitely like i don't i don't know like you see like those ghost tv shows and the psychic is like oh there's a dead dude he's standing right here and he's like standing right there and usually i see like a glimmer of a person mm-hmm. but in my mind i'm seeing their full detail um but there's a couple experiences where i'm seeing like the full person um you want to so go into just, those experiences? Can I pull those experiences out of you? This uh, <laughs> so sounds very oh interesting. Gosh. There's so many. Um, like it's not been like I'm chatting with a dude and I realized he was dead a second later. It was. It's more like um, uh, like I saw a dragon once. I saw. Hey, I guess I could go into that. I saw a dragon <laughs> um, too. <laughs> it was really interesting because mm. uh, I have a dragon in my my one of my spirit guides is a dragon and it wasn't this guy. Um, but it literally looked like I had wallpaper, like, like one big wall of mine was just a one dragon painted on it really pretty. And then it looked like it just came to life and started swimming on my walls in the most fluid manner I'd ever seen. And I was just staring at, I had a friend right there and she was meditating with me. We're doing meditation together. And I was like, dude, I'm having an experience. And this is cool. (laughs) And I'm probably not going to have something like this again. So I'm I'm just going to absorb it. Yeah. (laughs) That's nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. And so it was just, yeah, it was just, I felt really peaceful when I saw it. I didn't feel I was in danger. I just, it moved more fluidly than like water and air. Like I'd never seen anything move so gracefully. And it just literally looked like a wallpaper came to life and swam across my apartment. Um, Interesting. So that was one of them. Hmm. But most commonly I see it in my third eye layer. And I that's how I see people's auras. That's how I see a lot of things. But it's just kind of determining because, like, I'll see a lot of sparkles and I'll see a lot of, like, I do physically see energy all the time now. Mm-hmm. And it's knowing when you're physically seeing energy or when you're knowing it's something wrong with your eyes or playing Yeah, and, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Hmm. So how do you see auras now? Like, what do auras look like to you? Um, oh, it depends. If I've been doing, like, aura readings all day, like, if I've done a couple, like, um, those of you who don't know, I do aura art. I draw out people's auras for them just to give them a glimpse of what their energy looks like. And they look pretty odd a lot of the times. Um, uh-huh. But 
if I've been doing aura readings like all day and then I go to a grocery store, I have like a real, like, it's like I strengthen the hell out of my third eye and it's really strong now. And I literally see like mist around people, like really faint mist. And it's like all these different colors. Um, when I see a person and then I'm trying to tune into their energy, I see like, like when it's processed through on that third eye layer, I almost don't even see the person anymore because their energy can be so strong. And it's all these intricate details and it's got, they form patterns and they follow along the chakras and the meridians. And like, um, like I'm pretty sure people, the halo thing came from like people have such strong energy around here that when you tap into their auras, it looks like a halo around their crown chakra all the time. Um, different types of halos, the halos. And so, mm. yeah, like you have like predominantly like a red purple one, almost like, like if a red koi fish and a purple koi fish, like a dark astrally purple blue were swimming around your head. That's mm. kind of what your energy looks like. Yeah. Like right there, mm-hmm. like right there. Um, that's like what yours looks like. And I'm seeing that in my third eye layer. Interesting. Interesting. So how do you go about opening your third eye? Like, uh, when you, when did you first open your third eye? Um, or that you experienced your third eye was open? Well, I actually did train my third eye. I read certain techniques that I developed about cleansing your third eye, um, activating your third eye. It's about, it's about cleansing your third eye, cleansing your crown chakra, connecting those because they're not going to work. With, one has to have the other to work um, mm. and connecting it down to your other chakras. Um I think that's something that's then, missed definitely is the connection between chakras. A lot of people ask me yeah. how to open the third eye and I usually tell them I notice my third eye is open when all my other chakras are open and there's just energy moving through me. It's your not energy, just like oh. Yeah. Hmm. When your chakras are aligned, when they're open, when they're spinning, they're going to work and they're going to work together. You get a lot of downloads in your heart chakra, like way more than you would think. And so people don't think like how do I open my heart chakra? Um, but you'd get a lot of downloads in your heart chakra. People focus on the third eye because they want to see cool things. And I can't blame them for that, but it's about more than that. If you just do it because you want to see cool stuff, like it's going to be a little bit harder than if you're doing it because you want to learn more about yourself or more about the universe or more about how to help people around you. Um, Because your crown chakra is your connection to your divine. It's your connection to your spirit guides. So if you get to see stuff through your third eye, it really helps if your crown chakra that's connected to all that, that spiritual stuff you're trying to see is open. Um, so they work together. And um, yeah, so I have this third eye cleansing activation technique that I use with the crystal um, where you basically cleanse the crap out of your third eye and you tether it to your occipital lobe, your memory, part of your brain and your crown chakra. And I think you tried that once. Um, uh, and those. Yeah, yeah, like, I think I've talked about Yeah, yeah, I think and I've talked about that. So, what happened when you did that? When I did that, um, yeah. I immediately saw a difference. Like, I immediately, I've developed a little bit more to be a little bit stronger, uh, the technique. But, uh, like, I looked in the sky and I just saw energy, like, moving throughout the sky. And I could just see things moving so much more fluidly than I had before. And I also. I'm very earth-based, so I really like fairies in the fae realm. And I read in a book that they, like, if there's a plant, there's probably a fairy nearby. And so I was like, all right, so it shouldn't be too hard to see him then. And so so I would go and I would sit um, 
like I at my school there's big garden area and so between classes I would just sit there to do homework or read and stuff so I started meditating while I was doing that and I would stare at the flower bed and I would just allow my third eye to relax and try to see energy moving and the way that you do that is like if you're trying to look at a fairy on a flower you look at the flower and you look past the flower so you're like seeing it but you're letting your mind relax to look past it it's it's not that hard so like no no it is i'm I'm surprised because this is like next level information it's like oh that's how it's done (laughs) yeah and that's a really good way to do it Mm -hmm. Uh, because like i'll never forget this one time i wasn't even trying i was just like laying in my room i was super tired i worked all day or something and i had a plant hanging in my corner and i was just looking at my plant just letting my mind wander and i saw this blue thing like move a leaf and then flit away and i was just like oh i was not expecting to see a fairy it was very clearly a fairy they fly in a different pattern than bugs do and it was blue and it was like this big and i don't know bug that looks like that um terrifying bugs i was like (laughs) yeah so i was like oh okay um that's a fairy i didn't even expect to see it and i was i was literally doing exactly what i just said i was looking at the plant but i wasn't but i was also looking past the plant because i wasn't i was letting my mind wander and it's the same as when you like stare at a teacher or a professor or someone leading a meeting or maybe looking at us right now and you're like looking at them, but you're just like looking past them. You're just letting your mind relax. And that's when you start to see the energy that's in front of you. And it started out, it started out as I sensed them. As I sensed there was a fairy over there. I sensed something was over there and I sensed something was over there. It's really easy to be like, okay, well, there's probably nothing there. You're crazy, mm-hmm. you know, but if you do that, you're not going to progress. So you have to trust, like, okay, I mean, I have a kid's mindset, having that five-year-old mindset, you know, kids don't give a shit. They think everything is true, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of having that mindset for a minute, being like, you know, it doesn't matter. If I think they're there, then they're there. It doesn't hurt the person next to me. It doesn't, you know, nothing. So after that, for a little while, I started to see little sparkles. And I started seeing, like, a little sparkle over there, a little sparkle over there. And I thought, oh, okay, growing a little bit. Hey. And then... Yeah. So your third eye, it's like a muscle. You got to train the muscle. So it's like, you know, you've never used your third eye before. It's going to start really small and you build up and suddenly you're going to see little blue things flying around your plant. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Solid. Interesting. So I'll, yeah, I'll definitely be answers. keeping that. Oh, that was that was an excellent explanation. <laughs> like I'm taking notes like, ah, yes, <laughs> valuable information. I'll be using it. Uh, that's very cool. Uh, reminds me of a, um, a story you were telling me once you were telling me about these experiences you would have with like going and being like a demon hunter almost like, and saving your friends. And I'm, and I'm, I'm always listening. Like, that's one way to say it. <laughs> I try to make uh, yeah. it extra anime. Cause that's, that's just how I am. Yeah. Honestly, it's hard to describe it without it sounding like that because mm. I don't know, when you experience stuff like that, it's just kind of life for you. Like, it's not like, and then you tell it to someone, you're like, they're like, whoa, that sounds like a movie. And you're like, oh, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess, guess it does. Like a movie. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, that is something that's very natural to me. And I do not recommend pursuing that unless you feel called that you're capable of naturally doing it. Mm. Um, like the first time it happened, I was, sitting with a friend of mine she's also spiritual she's uh, very very strong energy and she's like I don't know I've just felt like something's been watching me and I just for like years now I've just felt like something has been you know 
just keeping an eye on me, just kind of looking down negatively on me. And so I was like, okay, I, I was working, but I I worked at this ice cream shop in the winter, so nobody came in. And Mm. so it was literally like, I could just sit and sit in the middle of work. Any sense. (laughs) (laughs) An ice cream shop open in the winter. On the beach. So yeah, it was great for school purposes, but I was just sitting there and I was meditating and she, I'm sensing her energy and I start feeling the energy in the room and I do see something standing in the corner and it's kind of like, this is dude with a bowler hat, like a tweed jacket on. And I was like, all right, I sent something out. I don't know what to do about him because I didn't, at this point, I had no idea what to do in that situation. And I didn't have my Reiki skills because there are Reiki skills that teach you to get rid of something like that pretty easily. Um, but yeah, that's Reiki three, just so you know. Oh, it's, um, it's coming. I'm ready. I'm ready for the Reiki. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I didn't know what to do. I was like, I do sense this though. And it doesn't seem to be good. It looks like it's like eating your auric shield. And later that night she goes to work and I go home and I'm meditating and I'm sitting there and I see her guides come to me and her guides were like, like an extension of my guides at this point. Her, her guides were so loud. Some of the loudest beings I've ever met, just like yelling in your head basically. And they were like this, I, we're really glad you paid attention to this and you saw the space of this. Uh, this creature's been with her for a while. If it gets closer to her energy, it could be really bad for her health. Like you, like, please, like, do, we need you to, to do something here. And it was like this, I don't know, it was literally like a wall fell away. Like all of a sudden, it wasn't about how do I do it. It was like, the, I need to do this. Like I get really protective and defensive over anybody really, but I just felt like, like, immediately I shoot out of my body mm. and I'm sitting there and I'm flying and I, she's, she worked at Starbucks at the, I don't know, she worked at a coffee place at the time. And I see her like doing her coffee thing and I search her energy field and I see it standing there and I literally fly up to it and I grab it by the ankle and I drag it and I literally just fly away. And I'm not even thinking at this point, it's just all happening really naturally. And I have a part of me that's like, if this goes wrong this could be bad Mm. um but the rest of me is like no it's not going to go wrong we know how to do this like it was like i was really aligned with my high self and um then all of a sudden we're standing in the mountains and um i've never been to tibet but it was like you're in the mountains of tibet and i was like all right in the mountains of tibet that's cool and i plant it in front of me and suddenly it transforms and it's not this dude in a creepy bowler hat and tweed jacket anymore he's like 15 feet tall he's leathery he's dripping and tar and that's kind of like what do you have on your hands you could have like a dead person tailgating you you can have some random lower dimension entity or you could have something that's dripping and tar which i kind of count as a demon so those are kind of rare mm-hmm. um and he had these red eyes he was glowing at me he's dripping and tar and he just had this pointed like chin and he like that went to horns and he was just tall and just like almost looked at me like kind of like impressed like I was not expecting you to be able to do that kind of thing and it started talking and had this really creepy voice but I just remember saying like um that it was basic hunter and predator it was a basic like predator and prey situation he had the right to hunt as much as anybody in the animal kingdom has the right to hunt and I was like like yeah all right that's cool but you're not allowed to do it on my friend and i don't want you doing it on this realm anymore and 
like, I just, I don't know. It wasn't like Dragon Ball Z, Kamehameha, but it was like all of a sudden this energy like came up in me and mm-hmm. I just like these words like fell out of my mouth and it was just like, you weren't, oh, it was so elegant at the time. I had no idea how I did it. It was just like when I access my high self, I just feel like I can speak so nicely. Not so much when I'm just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was basically like saying like, you are not allowed or permitted in this realm anymore. You are not allowed to hurt anyone here anymore. You are sent, you banished, basically it was like banishing him. You were meant to go back to where you go to. Um, and I like saw his energy and I felt where his energy came from. And I like saw this like distant planet, like in the distance. And it was like this black planet that it like succumbed to like negative energy. And I was like, you gotta go home, dude. And I basically just like kicked him out, go. banished him. Mm-hmm. And it was like like Pokemon when they like Team Rocket blasting off away and they <laughs> being into the sky. Yeah, yeah. It was literally like all of a sudden he was gone. Mm-hmm. And I like felt like this weight back on my body, like I had just come back in my body. And I was like, wait, 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 is that okay? Is it done? And they're like, yeah, you did it. Good job. Good job. And I was, I was like, like, wait, like, oh, you no, did no. it. Like, <laughs> it was basically, they're like, congratulations. And I was like, okay, but you need to tell me for sure that that is done. Yeah. And then they were like, so it took them like my guides for like five minutes. They're like, you did it. Stop questioning. Stop second guessing yourself. You did it. Have confidence that this happened. And then my friend actually got off work like, like two hours later and she comes over and then I was like, hey, so remember that thing we found? I just got rid of it. Uh, so I want to test your energy real quick, see if it's around you. And it was it was gone. And instead I saw her guides, like, cleaning, like, repairing her field. So, because um, it's, like, eaten so much from her auric shield. So it was, like, her guides were, like, repairing it. That was my very first, like, like, after I did that, I was like, okay, well, if I can do that without really being instructed on how to do it then i think i just naturally am capable so mm-hmm. people come along in my life um that i just all of a sudden it's like i see someone standing next to me i was like okay i gotta help this person like after that it just became easier the people kind of present themselves who needed it that was the first time this is why i call you dr strange that's <laughs> <laughs> because that's something out of a dr strange comic book that's crazy like I, I want to say, know. like I can't imagine things like that, but I've seen and and like had these crazy experiences. I was like, well, it sounds real to me, I, uh, you know? Yeah, <laughs> sounds well, nuts. I've kept so many. I've kept a lot of them. Like I wrote them down, but and I told like two people. But how do you tell people? Like you don't go about. If I haven't written a book yet, because you, like, you don't. It's yeah. out there stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. you keep it to yourself. I usually. And I was a, a long time with my mentor. So he wouldn't tell people. And when he told me his crazy experiences, uh, he would charge me not to tell anyone else. Like he strictly don't let anyone else know. Because we were part of a church that didn't believe in anything like what you're talking about right. or, or like teleporting like he did and, you know, different things like that. They didn't believe in any of that. So had he said that, they would have kicked him out of the church or they would have brung it up and started this issue. So I, I'm very familiar with not telling people things. And uh, I currently don't tell people many things aside from my YouTube channel. And before my YouTube channel, I I would never mention really any of the stuff that I experienced unless I was really close to you and didn't think you'd call me crazy behind my back (laughs) about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally get that. But I would would definitely look into a book, man. (laughs) I would buy it. (laughs) It, One day. We'll see. (laughs) Crazy I, stuff. I don't know. Shoot. Just accumulating experiences. The trick is to write it down because when you're in the astral, 
and you're experiencing these things, it's really hard to bring that back into your physical memory, it's in your astral memory. And so when you come down, you got to like write it out all then because you'll forget it if you don't. It's like evaporates from your mind. Mm. Have you had any experiences like this with another Reiki instructor or someone else? You said your friend was really uh, spiritual. They had really strong energy. Have you gone on these spiritual escapades with uh, someone else or partnered Um, with anyone? Well, I have done spiritual escapades with the girl who had a demon on her back. Um, We have a really unique relationship, actually, um, because she's really like kind of like a spirit guide in life like she's got this just protecting ability about i know that she needs my help then but we do have this symbiotic relationship but when um i have like a big quest ahead of me like i have to do some type of meditation for someone or healing or it and i know that i'm gonna have to go somewhere that might be a little dangerous that there's more low entities around i'll ask her to meditate with me and just guard my back so she kind of is like when she meditates next to me, she's able to protect my orc field and make sure nothing jumps on during that time. Because when you're traveling the astral, you're basically like a beacon of light in the dark ocean. And so whatever is there is going to come at you. And um, if I don't have her, then I make sure to be like Archangel Michael, like the, my guides that I feel protect me. I call them in to protect me. But if I, do have her then i just let her do her thing and nothing ever goes wrong um but i don't think i have had like other dual astral projection things like i've had sessions where i astral project um with people like there's this girl and she was nonverbal and in a body that was failing and young and so when i tuned into her session to do it uh basically it was like this astral travel thing because this kid did not want to be in her body so I haven't had many friends or people in my life where I'm like, hey, you are at this caliber. Let's meditate and astral project hmm. wherever to with a couple of people. But yeah. a lot of people who are spiritual aren't ready for, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's a leap for sure. It, it definitely it takes a lot of faith because personally, there aren't a lot of people I have even met that like you said, are they're spiritual people, but they're not comfortable in making that leap. Or it's the same as saying, okay, I can astral project. Now let me start testing myself to see if the things I'm seeing in my neighborhood are real. You know, it's just like it takes a certain measure of faith in yourself to take that leap. Um, Interesting. Uh, There's some questions going on in chat that I've been ignoring, so sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's have them. So, Caroline asks, uh, are the chakras of young children open naturally? uh, And do we close them as we get older? She's thinking around 9 to 11 years old. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I do think that children's chakras tend to be a little bit more open. Their third eye is definitely a lot more open. Their crown chakra is more open. Uh, children do have an ability to inherit the energetic patterns of their parents though so if they come from a family that's really unstable unstable or very impoverished they might have root chakra issues right away when they're born just because that or something might have happened in the womb where they weren't met their needs weren't met so their root chakra might be weaker from that um but 
if a kid does happen to have all right open chakras or the very natural third eye being open, I do think uh, probably like 11, 10, 11, 12 is when they start to be aware that what they're seeing, other people aren't seeing. And then they're like, I don't want to see things that people aren't seeing because it's a separation for my peers. And then they shut wow. it down. Um, hmm. So I do, cause I, I mean, I remember that my personal self once, like I had these things I did as a kid and then I realized other kids weren't doing that. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be weird. I'm going to stop doing that then. And then it shuts it down. Because um, it is the external influence that closes down those chakras. Um, so, yeah, 9 to 11, I think, is a good age for a good age. But it's an age where, where kids start closing off their third eye because they're just more aware that what they're seeing, other people aren't seeing, and they want to be along with other people. So they're trying to fit in so they they remove the things that make them unique. Uh, you yeah. know, just a side question. You said that you're an empath. What does that mm-hmm. mean for you? Cause I know the general meaning of empath, but what do you experience from that? Uh, for me, well, it's different for everybody. Um, empath is feeling other people's emotions. It can also expand into feeling other people's pains and illnesses. Um, I feel, other people's emotions their thoughts i can tell when people are lying when people are being truthful um for before i understood i was an empath i was just kind of like drowning in other people's emotions and i didn't know what i personally felt and so uh empaths are basically just like sponges like they're just energy sponges and so when they walk through the world they're picking up everything around them and if they don't wring themselves out and clean themselves out it gets a little overwhelming Jeez. but yeah yeah I've heard someone say, I believe it was my mentor, but he had the experience before uh, where he's just a really strong empath. And it wasn't so much that he was just feeling people's emotions and their pain, which is also a really interesting thing coming from a Christian background, feeling people's pain. It was like a whole subset of healing people. But Mm -hmm. my mentor would say that he would go into a room and he would hear people's thoughts from the entire room and they would just be bombarding him the whole Mm -hmm. time. And it took him a really long time to, one, be able to tell that those weren't his thoughts because you initially think you're crazy just hearing a whole bunch of jabber going on your head and mm-hmm. also focusing so that he's not hearing every thought. And I think that's something with empaths is like that's the upgrade to empath. In the same way you said that the third eye is, uh, it's like the TV and, the, the, you know, you have to connect it to the, the crown chakra. In the same way, I feel like, when you first start using your third eye, you're sensing what's around you and then you see it. I feel like it's the same with empaths. I don't know what chakra, uh, what primary chakra it corresponds to. Like the third eye with seeing empath and maybe the heart chakra or the uh, solar plexus or something or other. Uh, But the stronger you get in that field, it goes from sensing to, I guess in empath's case, it would go from sensing people's emotions to hearing their emotions because I guess thoughts are just emotions with words essentially um well telepathy is a little different um i don't think all empaths develop into telepathy but um like my telepathic sense is growing substantially right now mm-hmm. it's definitely not i walk into the room to hear everybody's thoughts but um and i don't want it to be exactly. that sounds horrid <laughs> that sounds so bad um yeah but you know, I think telepathy is a, kind of like a branch off the empath tree. Like you have empaths, you have, I, don't know, I wish there's a different name for it, for feeling people's pain. I feel it's a little different than mm-hmm. feeling someone's emotions, but they can be hand in hand. 
Um, so telepathy, like hearing people's thoughts and hearing different things, um, it can be tied to their emotions, but it's there's just so many different energy wavelengths that are happening in a body. So it's kind of like certain people are attuned and really sensitive to certain ones, um, like empaths and then the pain receptors and then the um, the mental communication. Mm. So I think it's, you know, you can develop into all of them if you if you're drawn to that or you have your one and you kind of that's your specialty exactly that makes that makes pretty good sense yeah i like that uh, when it comes to pain in the christian setting i know it's a an interesting topic because people say that they feel someone else's pain in the room and i've been i've been to a lot of different church services where the speaker who is a guest from somewhere else going on like a tour almost will stop preaching their message or their sermon and they'll say someone's having pain in the right leg uh i've had it even happen to one of my friends who was deaf in his right ear right or left ear i'm not really sure at this point um but i, I went to this special thing with him all right story time <laughs> i didn't intend for it but um we went to this specific uh church meeting uh and there was a guest you know and he was talking he was giving a message about um in the Christian circles, they call it Holy Spirit. Well, I just see it as like the universal energy or spirit or what, whatever you want to call it. But he was there specifically to talk about uh, utilizing that energy and like flowing with that power. Um, and what ended up happening was he was giving his message and then he, he was like, you know what? Let me just stop really quick and I'm just going to start calling some things out because I'm hearing them. Uh, I'm just hearing like spirits telling me these things uh, about like, Hey, there's somebody in the audience with lower back pain on the right side. There's someone with who had a broken foot a few years ago. And he just starts calling out these really specific things. I think it's really interesting. Uh, and one of the things he calls out is my friend's deaf ear. Uh, and he's like, somebody's in the audience right now with uh, partial deafness in the right ear. And mm -hmm. I guess if you were looking at it from a skeptic point of view, you'd just say, well, he could just be calling out anything. And when you're in a crowd of people, of course, someone would have something. I guess you could think about it like that. Um, but my friend was the only person like that, and he did have deafness. And the other cool thing was he went up to get prayer from this person. And after receiving the prayer, like the whole thing, like he fell over and all that stuff. And mind you, this dude is not the sort of dude to fall over, pretend he's a real hardcore, like, metal dude, a uh, real tough guy. And if something isn't happening seriously, like, he's not going to uh, fake it or embellish on yeah. your behalf, you know. Uh, so he, like, falls over and everything. And afterward, I, like, I go up to him. I was like, bro, what's what's that even about? Like, I didn't even know he was deaf at that time in his uh, right ear. Um, and he was like, like, I can totally hear. Like, he's come up to me, like, in tears. He's like, I can hear through my right ear. Like, I haven't been able to hear through this ear in years um, due to some accident. And, you know, it was, like, totally, totally fixed and everything like that. And I just thought it was really interesting because there are instances where people say that they're feeling someone's pain. And they call that person out. Or in my experience, they call them out and they say, hey, come here, let me pray for you or let me. Prayer, I feel like, is basically what you do in your Reiki sessions. You're just putting a hand mm -hmm. on someone and you're letting energy flow through you almost exactly. Yeah. Um, it, you know, they say specific things or they'll quote specific verses from the Bible. I don't really think that has anything to do with it. I just think it's them letting energy flow through them. Um, but I find that really interesting. Just that feeling, that, that empathetic feeling of someone's pain is uh, it's a really interesting thing.
I mean, it sucks. It's not fun. No, I, like, no. I, I refuse to have it happen if I'm not in session. But if I'm in session and I'm a little too connected to their energy to not let it happen, mm-hmm. I think it's because I was in pain for so long that it was just like, I'm not going to deal with any I'm other people's pain. I got my own. So, <laughs> but, uh... like, in a session, like, I was over someone's root chakra and I got really intense lower back pain. And I was like, I don't usually have lower back pain like this. And so I was like, hey, you have lower back pain and it's because of your root chakra being in the state. So we got to open up your root chakra to get rid of that back pain. So there are times when it's used in a session as well, you know, but you have to be careful because if you've absorbed too much of their pain, um, it makes it hard for you to be doing a session or to continue on. Like nobody's pain is anyone's business, but your own. So I feel that if you do get an insight, like this person is feeling this pain and it's not because you are the one you're meant to absorb it and experience it for them. No, you, you've been given the gift to realize it's there. So now you have to do something with it. Don't sit with it, send it somewhere, send it to where it's going to be healed, you know, give it to the higher power that's going to heal it. Um, because, you know, we may be sponges, but that doesn't mean it's because we're meant to take people's pain and just be in pain all the time. It's meant to be a beacon of understanding to offer the next level. Interesting. Cause yeah. I, I imagine that would suck. I, I've had it before where I felt someone's pain. Um, you know, I, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult to, to really pinpoint uh, one. I'm not super experienced in it. So like you start feeling this, this weird pain that you never feel before. And you're like, what the hell is that? Like <laughs> makes you want to just get up and say, who here is having this pain? <laughs> Let me take care of this. Um, how do you stop yourself from, um, experiencing those empathic, I, I want to say symptoms, but I don't, I, w- I don't want to make it seem like a sickness, but like, I wouldn't want to go out and hear everyone's thoughts and feel everyone's emotions. Like I'm having a good day. I don't want to feel yeah, depressed, no. you know, or in pain. It like, takes how do you a lot of work. Um, it takes so much work. There's like, there are so many books about it. There's so many techniques that they give you. Like, like there's one called like empath survival guide. And I will read through all those techniques and none of them will work. But one will give you an idea of how it could work. And so it's about that those techniques might really work for other people. And that's mm-hmm. the thing about empaths is every empath is different and every empath is going to have a different technique to handle being an empath. And so for me, what I do is, uh, well, first I have to, it's a constant thing that I have to do. I have to, when I get home from work or when I get home from a day, um, I have to cleanse off my energy. I have to cleanse off that work field, make sure nothing's coming in. Um, then there's realizing that, like, I haven't felt a way to clear stop it. A lot of it is getting your orc bubble and protecting and be like, nothing's allowed to get through there. And then things start being filtered out. But if you're really connected to someone or you live with someone, it's really, really hard to block out their energy. And so in that point, it's more like realizing I'm experiencing emotion that's not mine and letting it go. Why are you laughing? I'm sorry for interrupting. It's, I'll, I'll tell you after you're done. <laughs> oh, no, that's it. It's really it's experiencing oh. that. It's understanding you're experiencing emotion that is not yours or a thought that it's not yours mm-hmm. and pushing it away energetically, physically, literally telling it to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever works, it's just not letting it in. I, uh,. <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, there's someone in the chat right now that uh, I was, he had me on his podcast. His name's Truth Seeker. 
And uh, Truth Seeker, if you're interested, I would have uh, Alia on your podcast as well. She is very well versed in a lot of things. Uh, so that, that may be a really interesting conversation. And Truth Seeker is really, he's really well versed in not just scripture, but also aliens. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's had tons of crazy encounters and He's got a really awesome following of people. So and I think that'd be really cool if you guys linked up. And also, like, I <laughs> I drew inspiration for my layout here. And it took it took forever to get this layout to look like this. I don't know what you did, True Seeker, to have this happen. But it is not easy to run this setup. I'm just saying. It's not. It's not easy. It's very difficult to uh, to run it. But I thought your setup looked so cool. I was like, I have to do something like that uh, because it's one of the coolest ones I've seen. So it wasn't like I was stealing your idea because you know I was disrespectful of it. I was like, it's it's cool because <laughs> I, I knew you would come into one of the streams and you'd see it. You'd be like, this guy stole my stuff. <laughs> he stole my stuff exactly. Uh, but yeah, he's a cool dude for sure. Uh, now I, I want to ask you specifically because we're we're getting short on time. Because I have to leave shortly if I want to make my trip. Which I hate. I hate having time limits on things. But um, your astral projection experiences. Um, you've had like a split mind projection. I want you to to kind of, for my sake also, I, I always keep asking you, like, what's your process for getting into that split mind projection state? How long does it last? You know, is it easy for you to induce and what was your first experience with trying to astral project the way that people teach it now? Because you're, you're a pioneer, it seems like, with your abilities and your teachings and the different things that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Because you, it's like the way of the master. It's like none of the other conventional worked, so you go around and you discover it yourself. So uh, yeah. what was your experience with trying to astral project the way other people do? It was terrible. I mean, it's... Um... <laughs> Well, okay, so we first time I heard about astral projection, I went home, Googled it, mm-hmm. went to WikiHow, and looked at their little out-of-body technique, and I tried, and I tried, and I tried, and it did not get me anywhere. I wanted to feel myself rise out of my body, forget that my body was there, and just be free and roam around, and that just was not in the cards for me. It just wasn't, and so it was pretty uh, dangerous because of that. So it's really different because my split mind projection is such a different technique and it's just uh, an awareness of your energy and sending a part of your energy where you're intending it to go. Um, But I'm trying to think, do you want to hear about how I do the split mind projection or like how I 100% push myself too hard with the astral projection common technique and hurt myself? (laughs) Well, sort of both because I feel like they're both really, <laughs> they're both really useful. Okay, but I'll the be, first I'll one, be quick. Let's, let's start with the common. The uh, you, you've got a little time. You've got a little time. Go, go for it. Don't, okay. don't rush. Well, yourself. basically, for the astral projection technique, and this is why I really try to caution people to explore their own ways of doing things because just because the internet says this is how it's going to look, this is how it's going to work, it's not it. I did not realize I was a uh, split mind projecting. I thought it felt like that's what I was doing. It felt like I was actual projecting, but I hadn't found the term split mind yet. So I thought I wasn't doing a true projection mm-hmm. and therefore it, well, my experiences weren't true. And that ended up being so dangerous because 
there was one night where I was trying to project and project and push myself out of my body. And I started, I knew I was out of my body. Like I was seeing things. I was, I was feeling a whole new area and I was just going farther and farther and farther because I was just trying to push against my skin, the energy against my skin. And my guys, I was certain, like things started getting so abstract and I just saw the world getting so small and small and small and things were getting more. Hey, do not go any further. Don't do it. And I was like, but I want to rise out of my body. And they're like, yeah, well, stop. Like, do, do, do you want to do that at this cost? And I, they're, and I just kept going because um, I like to push the limit, or mm-hmm. at least I did. And then um, I basically saw something that my brain literally was incapable of handling. It was just this dimension that our brains are not at the same level of. We cannot understand what's going on. And so I just got unhinged a little bit. Like I just got got unstable and I literally fell and I slammed all the way back down to where earth was big, down farther into my body. And it slammed my third eye shut, my crown chakra shut, and I could not do any spiritual work. I couldn't project. I couldn't talk to my guides. Everything was shut off for a year. Nothing I could do to get it turned back on. So you push yourself too far into these techniques that, you know, Google says are going to work. You're going to end up potentially hurting yourself like I did. So learn from me. But so after that, when I was able to understand how split mind projection is a thing, I, what I do is valid. It's just a totally different type of thing. It became so much easier to grasp onto it because it's really just knowing you know how to do it. Regardless mm-hmm. if you've received instruction, your spirit knows how to do it and it knows how to get to where you want to go. So I get my fuel. Why? What's motivating me to do this? Is it to better myself? Is it to better someone else? Is it to better the universe? If that's part of the intention, if it's just because I want to explore, I'm probably going to fail. But if it's to better something, then it's going to make me 10 times more likely to be successful. And then it's um, clearing my energy, staging myself down, building my little crystal circle, sitting in it playing some meditation music, um, forgiving myself if it doesn't happen. Also, it's a big thing. You can get mm. frustrated if you don't have success. You yeah. got to forgive yourself if you don't. Um, and just being aware of my energy field and my the energy of the area I would like to go to. And like one te- technique I'll do is like, where are my feet? Where I focus on the energy of my feet and the energy right below. I don't know what chakras are below the feet. I forget what they're called, but that energy there and I imagine the energy of that place that I'm trying to to go to I visualize it when you visualize something you amplify its frequency you get in touch with its frequency with its location and so I feel my feet and then I feel my feet where that what it would feel like there and so it's kind of like when you're like warping into a place like the TARDIS like doing that wow wow it's like mm. start fading out of here and in there so it's just allowing a part of my energy to start feeling what the ground feels like beneath my feet there and then focusing until I feel solidly underneath my feet and then I look up and I'm there and my wow. body is kind of I can still move my body I'm still aware of it but it's just kind of not something I'm paying attention to hmm. that's one way that's nuts I, I, I feel like I always tell you this that's crazy <laughs> it's like how you do that uh, because it's like it's different than what I do, obviously, we're different people. Um, but I've read about what you do in books. Uh, Robert Bruce, I, I follow a lot of his um, mm-hmm. teachings. I've read a few of his books. Um, and he talks specifically about split mind projection and mm-hmm. how he discovered that 
there was this split mind effect because he projected one night and he was in the room with his physical body, but he was in his astral form and he was looking at his physical body. And I believe it's something like he opened his physical eyes or he was sensing his astral body in his regular body. And it was just like this crazy mixture of frequencies because he was conscious of both minds at the same time. And he noticed that the farther he got away from his physical body, the less this like frequency, this like interference, you know, became. So he's like, he moved further and it lessened and things like that. So I think it's really interesting that you have like such a control over your split mind projection to where it's comfortable and, and effortless like that. What do you attribute your natural ability to do certain things to? Um, I mean, honestly, I just know I'm an old soul and I just feel I'm an old soul. And at that point, it's like, well, if I've been around the block, I probably figured out how to do certain things. I'm interested in doing it now, which means I've probably been interested before. Therefore, I know how to do it sometime. And it's like with Reiki, like home transition, then it's connecting through the timeline. So I can connect to, to that time no matter when it took place in my soul history when I understood perfectly how to do it and just draw the information in now. So it's really just uh, trusting yourself, your energy, trusting your judgment, trusting to know when it's interference or a real situation, um, trusting yourself to not want it to happen. Like I, we all, it would just kind of a double negative because you want something to happen, but if you will it to happen, if you force it to happen, it's not going to hmm. happen well. And so, um, Oh, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's basically I, I along that. those lines, though. I get that, though. Like, uh, I've heard people say that when you, when your only desire is power and you're seeking power, you'll never have it. But when you let it go or you release yeah. your desire for that, that's when you'll have all the power that you want. That's I think that's a big, yeah. Because right. I don't desire to, like, I didn't set out to do all these things. I didn't set out to be someone like a Dr. Strange person, as you like to call me, um, that wasn't my intention. My intention has always been, I want to help myself and I want to help other people. I wanted to heal my, my ailments and I wanted to help other people and I want to help the world around me. That's just a natural part of me. So I always make sure that my intention is aligned with that because my intention starts to sway into, well, I want more followers or I want more money or I want to you know, if it's if it, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, you're probably going to fail. You're probably going to get interference, and it's just going to be, even if you don't fail, it's just going to be ten times harder than because the astral world we're a part of it. It has no objection for us to be roaming around it, but it's your spirit guides have to trust you. You have to trust yourself. There has to be a sense of trust, and if you do discover knowledge about yourself, or if you discover knowledge about how to help people, what are you going to do with that knowledge? Are you going to make it unobtainable so no one else can see it are you going to give it to freely um you know that has a big thing to do with it too if you're going at it with a money sense why are they going to teach you all these skills if you're just going to lock them and hide them away like so it's about keeping that intention aligned in the self yeah keeping intentions clear just seems like a general message for the spiritual pursuit in general like like you Mm -hmm. can't embark on your spiritual escapades with the intent of you know i want to be so powerful and you know i want to secure myself in these amazing abilities that i have because like you said the astral realm isn't 
an objection to you exploring it, which makes sense. But your guides and your higher self and these other forces see you getting to a place of power in a negative sense. I, I don't think that would go over very well. And I recently made a video on my channel where I talked about the reason being for me to ask for project when I was younger was so that I had something to feel valuable in because I didn't feel valuable intrinsically. And so it made it mm -hmm. much more difficult to do because the motive wasn't right. So coming from a place of negativity, trying to fulfill something or from a place of lack is one of the first things that law of attraction people will tell you is wrong because mm -hmm. you have to feel the positivity or like you say, uh, which I think is excellent is that you just have to know that you know, and you just have to know that you can do it because you've done it, you know? Um, and that sense of knowing that you can do it is one of the astral projection techniques that I've heard uh, another, uh, another person I want to have on the podcast, but they said that when I want to astral project, I just know that I can do it. And I usually do. And it's like, how do you teach somebody that? Like it's, it's intention, yeah. you know? Like, because you can do it. You're a spirit in a body. You're not a body with a spirit, you know, attached to it. You're like, you're a spirit yeah. enjoying this human experience right now. Um, so yeah. while we still have a little bit of time, um, why don't you go ahead and tell the people of the world, <laughs> my my little hole in the wall of cool people, where <laughs> they can learn more about you, uh, where they can find out about what you do and things like that. Uh, yeah. Um, so I have a website, it's glowinggaea.com, uh, G-A-E-A -E on the Gaea. Um, that kind of, I need to update it, but that lists like my Reiki sessions and my aura readings. Um, it shows my aura portfolio. If you want to see some of my work there, I'm going to be adding soon. I'm building a Reiki course right now for Reiki one, two, and three, mm. and basically like an intro to energy healing. I'm also offering coaching and, um, just personal mentorship to train your third eye to get in touch with your guides and your past selves and your gifts to help awaken that. So I do offer those services. Those aren't listed on the website. Those are coming soon. Um, but if you're interested, you can always message me. Um, I have Instagram. It's glowing Gaia, um, for basically just my journey. Uh, I move around a lot. I'm in Washington right now. I'm heading to Hawaii in a couple months. Um, so if you want to follow my journey at Instagram is a good way to do it there. Um, my website, I'm hoping to release a blog and start my own YouTube channel to uh, build an instruction course so people can learn how to do what I do, see ors the way I see them, um, and develop their own techniques and see their own inner power and in how to handle it. Thank you so much. Uh, right. I can vouch for Alia's um, uh, work, and uh, I've read some of the packets that she's created on Reiki, and I've gone through some sessions with her and they are extremely potent. And if you're in a place where you need just that, that jump start or, you know, that push, that's definitely something you should look into, uh, look into some sessions from her, just some, some coaching sessions and some Reiki sessions. I think it would be really useful if you're trying to, uh, jump start your, uh, energy body awakening and your third eye attunement and things like that. Um, so thank and you I'm so much. And I'm open to questions. Yeah, if anyone has questions, uh, email me, oliebashton at gmail.com. You can find it on my website. I love questions. If you were just curious about coaching or prices or anything, just email me. I'm here. And thank you, pal. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure. And you'll always have a place on this channel. Um, I value your friendship. Uh, so 
when you do start your YouTube channel, just let me know. I'll feature you on this channel, and we'll uh, I'll have you on here again because there's more I want to talk to you about. <laughs> But time is always short in these situations. Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys so much for coming through to the podcast, the Astromind podcast, episode two. I know things are still getting going. We're still getting started. So I appreciate you guys and all your support coming and hanging out. Uh, If you're new to the channel, please subscribe. Leave a like on this. I've got over 40 videos of astral projection, spiritual awakening, and, you know, energy work videos that I'm sure you guys will enjoy. Um, and if you want to find more of me, I do have an Instagram that I am not very active on <laughs> and I have a, a, a bunch of other social medias that I just don't frequent. So good luck <laughs> trying to find me there. Um, again, I love you guys. You know, I love doing this thing. Uh, if you guys have anyone in particular that you want me to have on the podcast, if you guys are interested in coming onto the podcast, you can find my email in the description section below. If you have any questions, please leave comments in the description, uh, comments in the comment section below, excuse me, and I will get to those whether you're watching it live now or once it's uploaded afterward.